The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I told you guys a story a little while ago about, about Rabbi Farhi, Rabbi Yitzhak Farhi. I told you the story that he came, he sat there, he set up a whole mock Seder to teach everyone how to run a Pesach Seder. His wife cooked and everything, he got matzot, the whole thing. And one 12-year-old boy shows up an hour and some change late. He already closed up shop. He packed up everything, put all the food in the fridge, closed the doors, everything, and this kid shows up. He reset up the whole table for this one kid. Reset up the whole table. He was hoping for, he said to the kid, he was like, I was hoping for your father, I was hoping for you. Reset up the whole thing to teach this kid how to do a mock seder. How to do a, a, a to run the mock seder, how to do a, a Pesach seder. He told me the real end of the story happened a few weeks before I saw him a few weeks ago. He said, this boy called me up, uh, or someone called him up, and said that this boy's father, they lived in Deal for many years, this boy's father had just passed away. And, and they, uh, they want the rabbi to come to, to the Shiva. So my Farhi shows up to the Shiva. The kid sees him. He says, Rabbi, I need you to wait. I need to wait here one second. He goes running into the garage, sifting through boxes, sifting through boxes, comes back, and he has a Haggadah in his hand. And he says, Rabbi, I want to show you something. This guy's now in his uh, upper 20s. He says, Rabbi, I want to show you something. He opens up the Haggadah, and he said, my father couldn't read Hebrew. He couldn't run the Seder. He said, so it was on me. He's like, that's why I was the one to show up. It was on me to be there to learn how to run a Seder. And I want to show you something. And he pulls out a piece of paper, and he says, these are the notes I took at that mock Seder like 14 years beforehand. This happened mamash, a few weeks ago. 14 years before, and this is the, the notes I took. And I've been giving the same Seder for 14 years because you stuck around that night. If you didn't, if you wouldn't have, I'm telling you now, my family wouldn't have a Seder. This guy's uh, already uh, older now. He's like, All right, Farhi told me, He's like, if you really want to know why it's amazing, if you really want to know the, the... He said he escaped Syria, him and a few of his friends, without their families. They were kids. They were 16, 17. They escaped from Syria. And they came to Israel. And in Israel, they put them into these uh, displaced people's camps. And he was sent, he gave me the names, I didn't bring it with me tonight. He was sent to a non-religious one. Rabbi Farhi growing up in Syria, as a religious kid in Syria, according to him, uh, you could check with him if, you know, he didn't understand the idea of a Jew that didn't keep Shabbat. I, he didn't get it. He shows up to this thing. They, they made some sort of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, they did, they did Neirot or whatever it was. His roommate comes into the room Friday night. The guy flicks on the lights. And he said to the guy, he's like, how did you do that? It's Shabbat. He's like, how do you turn on the light on Shabbat? And he goes, like, like that. <laughs> he just, he said this exact kind of story. He goes, he goes, he leaned over and he flicked the light on and off. He's like, just like that. And he said, but, but it's Shabbat. And he's like, you're going to learn something over here. There are religious Jews 
and there are non-religious Jews. I'm a non-religious Jew. Farachi Waden, Motzei Shabbat, he gathers together, he was the ringleader, he gathers together five, and six, five or six of the boys who came with him. He marches up to the guy in charge, and he says to him, we're not supposed to be here. They put us in the wrong, uh, in the wrong unit, in the wrong thing. We're not supposed to be here. And I said, what do you mean you're not supposed to be here? And he said, I, uh, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be by a religious one. He said, you don't get to choose where you go. That's not how this works. This isn't you know, made to order. You go where you're sent. He said, you're not leaving. You're staying here. You're not allowed to leave. You're underage. You're a kid. The police will pick you up. They'll find you. And they're going to bring you back here anyway. So you're not allowed to leave. You have to stay here. And Rabbi Farhi, this is exactly how he said over the story. Rabbi Farhi looks at this guy and he goes, I'm not allowed to leave? And he said, no. He goes, what are you going to do? And he's like, we're going to catch you. He's like, I escaped Syria with six of my friends at 15. You think you're going to keep me here? Buddy, you don't know what you're asking for. And sure as rain, the next morning, Rabbi Farhi and these four boys, five boys, six boys, were gone. No one knew how, when or where, but they disappeared in the middle of the night. So they went to the religious uh, settlement things that they were sending these kids to. Rabbi Farhi was smarter than that. He didn't go there. He found a yeshiva in the middle of Yerushalayim, and he settled down over there. He just walked in with these five guys. They sat down at a table and just started learning. It took them weeks to track these guys down. They went to threaten Rabbi Farhi's grandmother, who was in like a home or something, to finally tell them where they were. And they came down to the yeshiva, and he was ready to start a riot, he said. I was talking to him about it. And he said, I knew. I knew. Right then. That I was going to fight. I was going to fight for the Jewish people's connection to the Rabbana Shalom for the rest of my life. I knew the easy days were over. Now he had every single right he had every single excuse in the book to walk away. Every excuse. He didn't have to do this. He could have said, God, if you want this to happen, send someone to save me. I don't understand. Have a guy save me, bring me out for a steak. Sing, uh, sing a bunch of songs that it comes. It's got me drunk and I'll be from. This is what the Mishnah is talking about. You're going to do something great, says the Mishnah. But you don't separate from the group. You keep the group with you. Now you have a responsibility. So Rabbi Farhi left. He became Rabbi Farhi. He went to Deal, New Jersey, and he started being Mekar of one person after another, after another, after another, after another. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.